This is a podcast that Dan H. did with Essa on team culture. He goes through strategies used, resources, and how to achieve high team performance using culture as the main driver. Listen on for some great tips. Hello and welcome to the Body Track Academy, created by EPs for EPs. We'll cover all things clinical, business and personal growth to help you and the exercise physiology industry reach its potential. Dan graduated from the University of Queensland with a Bachelor of Exercise and Sports Science, majoring in clinical exercise physiology in 2012. As well as practicing as an EP, Dan is also the AEP manager at BodyTrack. This involves leading the team in education, innovation, talent identification, and team optimization. BodyTrack is an exercise physiology run and operated business located in Tawong and Sherwood in Brisbane. Today, I've invited Dan on our podcast to discuss team culture. So Dan, to start, how would you define team culture? Well, thanks for having me on. And um, I was quite excited when I got invited to, to uh, do this topic because uh, uh, team culture for me is something that's quite important and quite uh, great to um yeah, discuss and, and I think it's a big part of how we deliver our, our services of exercise physiology. So to me, um, and this is, you know, just what I kind of believe in, there's no right or wrong, I guess, in this, but um, I really think it's sort of a, a collective group uh, that's on a trajectory towards high team performance. So we're all sort of aiming toward the same team goal that we have um, and we're supporting individuals on their own specific goals that they may have as well. So by doing that, everyone's kind of united. We're um, in harmony, working towards something uh, that we've all had a part of as well and agreeing on. And I think that really installs quite a lot of um, a confidence in our team members to, to go forward and they can recognize that they're there to support the team and not just kind of work for themselves in some ways. So um, I think that's probably the, the closest I can do to identifying what team culture is. And the other part too that <clears throat> I'm sure people have heard of is Steve Sinek's famous kind of golden circle part as well, which is something we talked about quite a long time ago as a team and it's kind of identifying the why you do something. So you, there's, there's what you do, there's how you do it, but the why in terms of um, you're doing what you're doing and that can really drive quite a lot of... Um, I guess ambition of your team and then also that can help to further further our team culture and that support and recognition. I think it's really easy for clinicians to feel whether there's a good or a bad team culture but as a owner of a business how do you actually measure that? There's different ways that we do it now being NEP and being kind of scientific I'm, I'm very objective in how I do things so I use I, I've used quite a lot of software to do it so we, we have measures in place about how our team culture is is measured and that's from as I was saying before and how we define it is within recognition of others successes so you know, we, we use programs to recognize how they've done that um, and how they've shown our, our team values as well so that's, again, something we decided to um, cement uh, a couple of years ago. And it's something that we consistently go back on and look at 
how are they, how are our team members displaying each of our, our four values in our company? Um, and using software to do that, and also our, our questionnaires that we would use for for our team to get to get that feedback as well. I think the other important part to comment on here is that team culture is not a one and done thing. You can't just roll something out and then expect it to just take take charge. Being being a leader of the team, that's where it starts. And having to day in, day out, keep at it with what you've done for helping to get to your team culture to where it is. So it can't be as simple as employing a strategy for one time and then just expecting results from it. Um, it's something that has to be continually continually done throughout your uh, day-to-day practice. And that's what we've done. We've, we've put it into meeting agendas um, and made a high, high priority of it too. So that's probably the best, uh, the best way I think we can measure it. Um, and from that, we've actually had some really good outcomes from our team members of suggesting new, new things to do to enhance our team culture. So <clears throat> one of the things that we're um, developing is a, a significant role of being a wellbeing coordinator within our, within our company. So they're sort of, uh, I, I guess other people would call it a culture captain in some ways. Um, we just got a different title for it, but it's, it's pretty much that. And, and there is some significant KPIs and KRAs that we have around that to ensure that our team culture is measured and it is brought to the front of mind um, first above, above all else, really. And if an AP was thinking of starting a small business and employing people, do you have any suggestions of how you'd instill team culture from the get-go? Yeah, I think it's kind of back to what I was referring to before. If, you, if you're the, the owner or, or a leadership position in, your, in the company, uh, it has to come from you. That, that's where team culture starts. If you're not living and breathing it every day and demonstrating it and leading by example, then you'll soon see that reflection in your team members as well. Um, and this is very hard to balance because there's going to be times when yourself is going to be stressed with a day-to-day issue that might occur. Um, you might not have the greatest day at work and that can really affect your team's mood. Um, for those who are in a leadership position as well, always always kind of reflect on what you do in a day-to-day and how you're, how you're influencing your team members, how you're impacting them, both positively and negatively. Because believe you me, a lot of things will come from an inadvertent way. You might be doing something uh, on the clinic floor when you're training a, a particular client. You might do something in the office and it will have a, a ripple effect throughout your team that has an impact on your culture. So it definitely starts from, from how, you, how you lead it and how, you, how it comes down from that leadership, leadership team as well. And the biggest thing I can offer there is, is leading by example, showing that you're, if you have values established, displaying those values day in, day out and, and taking time to reflect and seeing how that then has the effect on the team members as well. Out of every interview, we, we always say, look, we're a team first, kind of culture so we we really back our, our team members well-being and health and and their priorities first before getting numbers through the door and looking at um, executing strategic direction that your strategy is really no no great if you don't have the kind of team members to facilitate it and that, they're your biggest they're your biggest asset your team members they're the ones doing the 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 work to uh to help execute your, your strategy that you might have, financial or 
or strategic, whatever it might be. Um, so from that, it really is shift your focus towards your team members, having those regular catch-ups with them. It could be a really quick 15-minute coffee catch-up that you're just checking in and seeing how they are, not on a, on a working level, but on a whole on a holistic level, just like we do with our clients, doing the same with your team, checking in and seeing how they are outside of work. Is their work-life balance good? Um, are they struggling with anything within the workplace or, or outside of it as well? Um, making sure that their well-being is right because our kind of philosophy is if our team isn't functioning on a or, or performing at a high, high level for themselves and having good well-being and mental health, then that's going to affect them at work. And that's going to ripple, have that ripple effect through the team culture as well. So the, the thing that we focus on is, is catch-ups throughout, obviously being so busy during the week with our client loads and different goals and um, projects that we have. When you're feeling like everything is starting to, you're noticing a few crumbles or cracks in, in, in your team culture, the first thing you've got to do is not turn to your strategic direction or the client hours that are coming through. It's going to your team and seeing how are they going because if, if they're not right then I believe that that's going to affect the culture and that's going to have that negative experience for any service delivery that that we have so that's probably the the way that I think um, we help to retain retain staff as well um, and the other part of that too is we're not just hiring people to see clients and just check in check out we're very much a community with our team members and also with our clients as well so there's a, a big, we're trying to make it as enjoyable as possible coming to work. It's not all about clinical, um, clinical hours that they do or decisions that they might make. Um, we don't want to be uh, endorsing that as a company. We want to make sure that they're having fun. There's, there's things in place uh, that we have on a weekly basis that um, has that time to just completely switch off from anything clinical and just get together as a team and exercise together enjoy each other's time, have social, um, have social interactions throughout, throughout the week. If any members um, are thinking of increasing their team culture, you just have to follow your Instagram to see all the activities you're doing together as a team. <laughs> I've seen a fair few workouts and some really nice smoothies um, that are very enticing. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah and that, that was off the back of, um, yeah, that's off the back of like our wellbeing strategies that we've had in place. So um, something that, we actually assign each team member having a go at being our, our well-being captain basically throughout each quarter. And then they're, they're bringing ideas forward. And it's those little simple one percenters that really, I think, um, make this team culture what it is what it is today and those strategies going forward. In addition to running the business and practicing as an EP, you also play a role in mentoring your staff. So how do you find the balance between the needs of the organization and the needs of your staff? Yeah, it's tricky and challenging. Because <laughs> yes, I'm on I wear a few different hats. So on on one side I have to do what the the you know the, the business needs and run the financials and the, the strategic direction of it and make sure on on the right path but every time I'm thinking about that I'm, I'm thinking about how we can make the most out of it with the team that we have so we're, we're quite lucky in the fact that we have a diverse team with different strategic goals for themselves and special interests my thought on that is how can we best utilize that to help them succeed and achieve what their goals are and nurture them and support and facilitate that which has a positive impact on 
team culture on them themselves being happy in the workplace. But then that's kind of the hard work done to then reflect on what your overall business and strategic direction might be. So it just adds to it. Um, and that's how, that's how I see it. Um, I think the team does come first in that instance. So I could be behind on certain organizational tasks, but you weigh up the, the time that you have and you go, well, what's going to be more effective if I don't support the team here and check in with them when a situation might occur? Or do I sit down in front of an Excel spreadsheet and crunch some numbers to find out where we're sitting? <laughs> My answer is always going, let's go um, and unite and, and get the team firing to be a high-performing team first and the numbers and all that will take care of itself. After chatting with members working within the industry, a key criticism that comes up is that they feel there's limited progression within private practice and small business. So at BodyTrack, how do you ensure there's progression within your company for APs who are wanting to progress their career either to a leadership or a clinical role? Focus on the... um, clinical sense first what we do is want to really nurture and facilitate what special interests they may have so we want to we want to be able to and we do this after for our employees is sitting down and creating a really clear goals for themselves and how the management team is supporting them what strategies do we need to employ Um, and this is clinical and non-clinical is it personal leadership that they need to do do they need to develop confidence to then go out and network and all those that's where we look at it and go okay let let us help you support uh, let us help support you there to achieve that Um, and that's helping them to succeed their goal rather than feeling like they have to do it all by themselves so that's that's probably that's probably one key area that we we really pay a lot of our um, put a lot of energy towards Uh, but in terms of like the non-clinical or the leadership career path, um, that's part of that conversation too, because they, and we have EPs here who want to become a leader within their special interests in their field. So they want to be known to be um, the best at what they do and have a really strong network within our community. Um, so then there's obviously some leadership stuff that we have to develop within there, um, but others will be happy with what they're doing in a clinical sense and seeing the different variety of populations that we see here, but want to have a more, um, a more of a, a business leadership role. So we look about how we can dissect roles that perhaps I'm doing or someone else is doing within a leadership and management sense. And how can we dissect that up to play to someone else's strengths that might be really good at that. A, a clear example for us is um, what I was discussing before around our well-being um, coordinator, that's a role that we're due to roll out mid-year. Um, that's going to take load off, I guess, my plate of, of doing that up to date, uh, but then shifting that to someone who I know who is that, that's playing right into their wheelhouse about how they're going to take that forward. Um, and what I kind of do as a, as, a, as a manager there is I always have kind of two ways of looking at things. I'll, I'll <clears throat> present someone with an opportunity to address a certain situation at a team meeting or a, um, or take a, have a go and challenge someone that might be a little bit out of their comfort zone. I'm looking at it from two ways. It's in, how is that impacting the rest of the team and what is it doing for that particular person? If it's right outside their comfort zone and it's a challenge, how do they respond to that? 
if they're responding in a way that is filling up their cup of enjoyment and, and really taking on the challenge, then I can kind of see, all right, what are the challenges can I put their way? Is this then developing into a role that we can create for them in a non-clinical sense to then really be firing all cylinders and be in that high, high performing role. So um, yeah, that's a, a little bit from, I guess, in terms of how I, I look at it from a management and leadership sense, I'm always seeing about how, what strengths um, our team have and how can we develop a, a role that's um, specific to that, that's gonna benefit both them and then the business going forward. And when your team culture is really high in the clinic, um, what positive impact does this have in your clients and how has it then affected the business? Like our philosophy is our team first, if they're uh, feeling great, greatly supported at work um, and we're doing that both from a, a work progress sense but also as a holistic when how they're feeling outside of work and their work-life balance, well then, I think it's a strong correlation to the fact that that's going to have a really positive impact on the clients that they see. They're going to be putting in their 110% effort. They're feeling like they're on a trajectory towards achieving their goals and the career path that we've established with them. And they're doing, uh, they're putting that out to the clients that they see and they're trying different things. They're challenging themselves. They're networking with our, our colleagues to, um, to ensure that the best the best outcomes are there for the clients um, and for the team as well, so I think connectivity really is a, is a good word to kind of explain it. Um, and and the other thing that's really good from our perspective is we don't we don't tend to segregate in of you know a, a practitioner sees this a number of clients and and they don't really know anyone else's clients. As soon as someone comes into Body Track, it's a, it's a very welcoming atmosphere. Um, I know a lot of my other colleagues' clients by first name, little things like that that just makes it feel like an envi environment that's safe to come into, to exercise and well-supported and, and welcoming. Um, that's one of the big things that we've driven to all of our team um, uh, from whenever they're employed with us. Uh, and I think you can see that on the floor where you might have five different EPs working with five different people who don't know each other, but there's a sense of connectivity between us all, um, you know, and that's, that's a positive on the clients. It fills up our cups as practitioners because we're doing and um, uh, living out what we want to achieve with our clients and um, getting lots of energy from that as well. It makes such a massive difference, especially in the gym setting when you're able to interact with your um, other colleagues, clients, and it makes such a big difference to their experience of their treatment as well. So yeah. it's awesome you're yeah. incorporating that. Um, but can you expand a little bit more on that um, connectivity aspect? So do you have any examples of how you've incorporated your clients into building team culture within your clinic? The internal stuff that we do, so having a theme of our wellness throughout each quarter, we actually try and engage our clients into that as well. So I'll give an example of what we did last quarter. We had a, um, a theme of um, New Year nourishment. It was about all about nutrition, mainly for us, um, focus on, okay, we, we might see clients um, back to back and uh, have quite low energy by the end of it from all the different um caseloads that you see how do we quickly nourish our bodies and make sure that we're where energy is up to then continue doing that high level of performance 
So we, we had a few allied health come in and discuss that with us about how to manage ourselves and what choices of uh, food we're having. But that was also an opportunity for our clients to be involved with that too. So we had an open session where all of us could be involved. Um, and we encourage any kind of uh, theme that we're doing to be discussed with our clients as well, because they have opinions and they have experiences of that from the work that they've been doing as well. So it kind of becomes that wellbeing quarter majority is for internal for our team, but it does get uh, spread across our, t- our, our clients as well about what's happening um, at Body Track. And as you said before, it's, it's kind of clear on our Instagram and our socials about how they can be, um, how, what, what we're up to and how they can uh, learn from that as well. Um, and I think, you know, from that, if we're, if we're doing these things and it's, it's filling up our cup and being quite, ener- we're having high energy in our sessions, then that for me has that correlation of uh, a really strong uh, feeling of that welcoming, that, um, that place of comfort for people to come because we do have long-term clients and that can only help in a positive way for any chronic illness that they may be experiencing. Um, that's how I kind of see the involvement there. So, um, yeah, that's probably the best example I can provide. Um, what would be your best tips for clinicians who are wanting to build a really positive team culture within their business? Yeah. Um, tip number one, it starts from the top as a leader. If, if you're in a management or a leadership position, you're the way that you are, whether you're not like it or not, you're almost a role model within your, your business. And that could be a small team of four to a team of, of 15, like, like we have. Um, all the things that you do on a day in and day out basis uh, are, are seen by your team all the time. And it can be inadvertent. Um, it can be your body language. Um, and that's not to say that you can't have a bad day. That, that you can always have a bad day because then you you would hope that your team support you and check in with yourself. So, and which does happen here quite often, but leadership uh, and the culture comes from the top there from the leadership position. Um, but I think it's kind of, if you break it down quite simple in, in a simple way, it, the way that you do your job as an EP to validate a, a client's experience to support them and achieve, get them to achieve their goals uh, and, and, and you're helping them in an empathetic way, do the same for your team. Do exactly the same, you know, listen to them, hear what they want to achieve and find out ways that you can support it. I'm a big believer in a why kind of a why not attitude and being bold. There's no reason why things can't be progressed towards uh, uh, somewhere that a, a practitioner uh, might want to want, want to get to, and that might be in what I was referring to before of um, being a leader in the field of a specific uh, area of interest that they have when treating chronic illness. Um, I never want to, to back down from that challenge and I really want to try and uh, pursue that and help them achieve that to the best of my ability. So it's always about leading from the top, listening to your team. And if you're stressing out about number crunching from a strategic or financial point of view, think in those times of crisis, where do you turn it? It's back onto your team and seeing and seeing basically how you can get the best out of best out of them to get a really strong 
uh, United team and spinning that, spinning that wheel to then generate further business and the, those numbers and those things you may have been stressing about, they'll turn really quickly if you, if you focus on that. And the culture comes from that too. That positive culture and atmosphere comes from from doing that. Thanks so much for joining me today, Dan. I really appreciate you taking time away from the clinic to chat with me and provide our SM members with strategies for building team culture and ways to retain really good staff. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's been great. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Body Track Academy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and found something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends to check it out. If you're not already in the Body Track Academy on Facebook, look us up. Join our community of exercise physiologists and access more great content.